Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Manitoba Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson. Also, we'll chat with Canadian Federation of Agriculture President Mary Robinson. And up first in today's country comments, Tyler Fulton, President of Manitoba Beef Producers, will stop by to talk about some of the challenges facing ranchers. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program today is Tyler Fulton, President of Manitoba Beef Producers. Since last fall, we've seen... Um, really a, a huge shortage uh, across a huge portion of southern Manitoba uh, in, of water. And um, it, it started, as I said, with, you know, a really short moisture condition, soil moisture uh, levels from last fall and then a lack of uh, general lack of snowfall uh, over the winter uh, and, and really uh, a lack of any rain um, in any timely fashion over the course of the last uh, two months. Um, and so now, of course, there's a little bit of varying conditions, but um, what's remarkable is how widespread um, the lack of moisture uh, is. And so it's obviously impacting uh, pasture conditions, um, hay and, and uh, annual crops, as well as uh, really... Uh, we're explicitly, you know, right now f- focused on um, on the lack of surface or uh, groundwater for livestock watering. Governments of Canada and Manitoba announcing support under Ag Action Manitoba. I guess talk a little bit about what that will mean. Yeah, there'll be some producers that will be familiar with this program um, from past years. Um, but what they've done is opened up an intake for the Ag Action um BMP 503. That's their uh, their file number. And really, I think to boil it down, what it is is it's a, a program that helps support producers to uh, develop water sources on their farm for the purpose of watering livestock. Um, so that can include um, a surface water source like a dugout or dam. Um, or it, it could include, um, you know, digging new wells, whether they be deep or, or shallow. Um, there's, there's a lot of different options there. Um, and, you know, and as long as kind of you meet the criteria um, of the program and uh, you, you, uh, you should, it, it, you know, in, in many instances, it, it should help alleviate some of the problems that we're seeing. And we also heard uh, the province is going to be opening up some um, non-agricultural lands for grazing. I guess just talk a little bit about how that would work. Yeah, um, again, in, in past years, some producers would have experienced um, some, some, uh, some of this before. Um, what, we, what we've seen is the province has provided access to uh, largely to wildlife management areas uh, these are areas of um, of crown lands um, that they're opening up for producers to be able to hay um, to to be able to take uh, the hay from it for you know to make up for the deficit that we're likely to see this year. Um, so 
really what we're we're seeing is uh, a, a multifaceted approach to trying to address some of the concerns. It's it's really not going to address all of them, but um, but at least if we can gain access to some of these areas uh, and take hay from them, it uh, it will no doubt help the help the situation. Anything else here, Tyler? This is a, a dynamic situation that continues to unfold. Um, it's variable across southern Manitoba. Um, some areas have it uh, a lot tougher than others, uh, and we uh, at Manitoba beef producers tend to well, well we expect to stay on this. Uh, on this issue, um, advocating for beef producers for uh, for as long as it takes. That was Manitoba Beef Producers President Tyler Fulton. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba Agriculture says seeding is 99% complete. Patchy emergence has been noted in nearly all crops. Crop recovery from frost in late May has been good and cereals are generally doing well. Reseeding is complete for frost-affected soybean and canola crops. Reseed continues for flea beetle-damaged canola, where insecticide applications have not been as effective as hoped. Herbicide applications are in full swing as wind and heat allows. Cereals applications are over half complete. Canola herbicide spray has been delayed to prioritize flea beetle suppression. Manitoba Beef Producers is commenting on challenges currently facing ranchers. Here's President Tyler Fulton. Since last fall, we've seen really a a huge shortage across a huge portion of southern Manitoba uh, of water. And it started, as I said, with, you know, really short moisture condition, soil moisture uh, levels from last fall and then a lack of general lack of snowfall uh, over the winter and really uh, a lack of any rain um, in any timely fashion over the course of the last uh, two months. The province announced this week that it will be making crown lands available for hang by livestock producers and the grain markets heated up again over the past week. Brendan Turner is a market analyst and CEO with Combine Egg and says a number of factors were impacting the markets from a shortened U.S. trading week to the weather. We know that demand continues to be strong. That's that's a that's a given. But um, you know, with with so much kind of riding on this this current crop in terms of filling uh, the supply pipeline back up and ensuring that we have inventories available for not just obviously our domestic needs but also our international customers, there's just there's just amplified volatility. And so I think that until more about the current crop is known, whether it be canola, peas, lentils, wheat, you name it. Um, there's just going to continue to be some volatility in the market. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, June 9th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Canadian Federation of Agriculture President Mary Robinson. The federal government has announced that consultations are underway for the next agricultural policy framework. I got reaction from Mary Robinson, president with the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. So at CFA, we've been gearing up for this since last July, right? When we had our our semi-meeting, we we launched our APF committee. And that committee, we've got a combination of producers and staff from across our membership. So they've been meeting regularly since January, working on finalizing a set of recommendations that's 
CFA will be submitting soon, and then we'll be sharing it across our, our membership to inform their advocacy efforts, too. So but what we look at at this point in time, Corey, is that um, the recommendations are going to be focused on the high-level vision, the principles and priorities of the policy framework, and the real point of all this would be to inform the ministerial statement that we anticipate uh, this September, and that statement sets the direction for the multilateral and bilateral agreements that will follow. Yeah, and I guess just a thought on the uh, on the Canadian Agricultural Partnership, which is which is what we have now, um, I guess just maybe some of the good or, or some things that uh, maybe you didn't like? Yeah, so I think it's fair to say that the objectives of CAP remain priorities for our members. Uh, but we think it's important that we focus our input on refining and evolving those priorities, you know, just to reflect the realities facing our members today and into the future, because we've seen such different challenges over the past few years that uh, we, we really need to see um, the the next APF uh, better reflect those so that we um, probably one of our biggest concerns is this kind of continued trend of the policy framework being required to do more with less money uh, because we've seen such growth in the industry and we haven't really seen, with the exception of the removal of the reference margin limit, which we're really happy about, uh, we haven't seen any new money brought into the uh, the envelope. So. Um, we're doing um, more and more with less and less because we haven't even seen them keep up with inflation. Overall thoughts on the consultation process, just um, the importance of people, I guess, getting their getting their views um, submitted. Yeah, so um, obviously with, with our organization, it's all about making sure we reach out to our member organizations and, and understand what their concerns are. And I think what we've heard and, and we're going to be promoting are um, you know, kind of investing and prioritizing in four specific areas. Um, one would be, you know, the climate solutions. So we need uh, we need to find a way to incentivize Canadian producers to be able to invest in climate solutions, and we also need to find a way to ensure that uh, our producers are situated to capitalize on the the new carbon credit markets and other opportunities. Uh, we also need to have. Um, some investment and prioritization on the geopolitical barriers that we are certainly more aware of in recent years. We need to look at resiliency, you know, uh, so that our our um, we're better positioned to respond to things like we, we saw the challenges COVID brought forward um, and the supply chain and the labor disruptions. And uh, and we also, you and I were talking a moment ago about the the increased frequency of extreme weather events. You know, we need to have resiliency against those things. And we also need to have, um, what we're hearing from our members, is uh, work on public trust, uh, strategic work on this with focusing on community engagement at the provincial or the local level, building trust and capacity in science-based regulations, and also in all of that, differentiating Canadian agri-food products in markets both domestically and abroad. So uh, we're going to be taking that kind of message um, to government, and we are really happy that our staff have already been involved in the first virtual engagement session speaking to these points, uh, and we really do hope to be able to inform that ministerial statement that we'll hear this September. That was Mary Robinson, president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture.
Telus Agriculture and Olds College held a webinar yesterday focusing in on crop disease control and management. Glenda Lee Allen Vossler was registered for the event, which featured Dr. Kelly Turkington, a research scientist in plant pathology with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada out of Lacombe. He covered a number of issues in his presentation, but today we'll focus in on the disease triangle. You need a susceptible host, you need a pathogen, a virulent pathogen in sufficient quantity, and a favorable environment for uh, disease to occur. So if we look at disease management and the disease triangle and the management strategies that we implement, really again to, 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 to reiterate, we're really reducing risk by influencing components of the disease triangle. So the producer can look at the host and choose to grow a variety with a good resistance package to the diseases of concern. They can also look at balanced fertility. Deficiencies or excesses can increase your risk of disease. We also want to look at limiting stress with good agronomics. And a good example of this is seeding depth. If we seed too deep, let's say three to four inches, especially with smaller seeded crops, that seedling that is uh, developing from that seed will struggle to reach the soil surface. So it's under stress and it may be more prone to attack from various seed and soil borne uh, disease issues. The producer can also dar- target the pathogen directly. So they can look at crop rotation and utilizing non-host crops for a sufficient period of time to reduce risk. They can look at healthy seed to get the crop off to a good start. Here you want to look at testing the seed for germination and vigor, but especially you want to look at a fungal screen. So a disease screen of that seed to find out what's there and if it's at a level that will warrant a fungicide application in terms of a seed treatment or perhaps in the case of extremely high levels of seed infection. We're talking 25% seed infection or higher. In that situation, you may want to look at a different seed source. Field location can be an issue for windborne disease issues, things like fusarium head blight and sclerotinia. So if you've had an issue in one field the previous summer and then you plant uh, the same crop in an adjacent field, that same crop may actually be at risk from that adjacent field. So that's something to keep in mind if you're looking at tweaking your disease management strategies. Finally, the producer can choose to use a fungicide. And again, uh, as I've said, it can be used as a seed treatment. But if you're looking at an in-crop fungicide application, this is where you need to look at risk assessment and the potential need for a fungicide. That was Dr. Kelly Turkington, a research scientist in plant pathology with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada out of Lacombe. We'll hear more from his presentation in future programs. He was taking part in the TELUS Agriculture and Olds College webinar focusing in on crop disease control and management. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email the farm desk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Angus Association annual general meeting is moving to an online format this year. It'll take place tomorrow starting at 6 p.m. Visit their website for details. Canada's Farm Show is going virtual this year, June 16th and 17th. 
Go to canadasfarmshow.com and Egg in Motion invites you to join an online session entitled Getting On With Growing Vigilance in Crop Care, June 23rd, starting at 9 a.m. Registration details can be found on the Egg in Motion website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, cattle producers have been struggling with the dry conditions. I caught up with Manitoba Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson. Well, across southern Manitoba, it is pretty critical right now. The the grass never did really get a good start this spring, and water supplies are critically low. So, And the hay also, along with the pasture, is going to be in short supply. We know that already. So we've uh, been pro- working proactively with our producers to uh, with a couple of programs here right now, and then we'll... We'll continue to work with them over the summer. Yeah, and I just wanted to touch on a couple of announcements here from this week. Um, I guess the first one, let's talk about the the hang on, on Crown Lands. Um, I guess tell us a little bit about how that, that will work. We've got Crown Lands that's not normally used for ag, agricultural use, and then we've also got some unallocated uh, agricultural foreign, uh, Crown Land that's not, uh, not already leased. So we've made those pieces of, of land available for haying. Uh, it's, they're listed on a website, and if there is more than one person applying for it, there will be a draw to see who gets it. But every available piece that could be used for hay, we want to make sure of Crown Land. We want to make sure that's available for producers this summer. And there was also an announcement under um, Ag Action Manitoba. Um, tell us a little bit about you know what those funds will be used for. Well, the, the official title is Managing Livestock Access to Repair in Areas Beneficial Management Practice, but otherwise known as BMP 503. And this is for uh, constructing new or rehabilitating existing wells or dugouts. It's to put in alternate power sources to, for watering systems, fencing around uh, those watering systems, surface water to uh, protect the water service, keep the water quality good. Uh, or permanent pipeline uh, development. So there's, there's a, it's a 50-50 federal cost-share program, like 50% federal, provincial, and then 50% the producer. And this program is available now. It, it's retroactive to April 1st, and uh, we just encourage anybody who needs water supplies to look at this program. Is this something that has been available in, in previous years as well? This program has been available all the years. This is not a new program. This is under the, the Canadian Agricultural Partnership, and uh, so it's an ongoing program, but we just wanted to reemphasize that it's there for this year. That was Manitoba Agriculture and Resource Development Minister Blaine Peterson. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Canary seed will soon be designated as an official grain under the Canada Grain Act. The Canadian Grain Commission is implementing regulatory changes that add canary seed to the list of official grains. Effective August 1st, grain producers will benefit from the same rights, services and protections on their canary seed crop as they do on other regulated grains. Canary seed is the largest volume grain that is currently not protected under the Canada Grain Act. The weather situation is not only impacting crop development, but it's also having an impact on the markets. Brennan Turner, CEO of Combine Egg, says spring wheat looks to be fairly positive given the lower spring wheat acres in Canada and the U.S. Been the fact that we saw a significant decrease in, in spring wheat acres here in Western Canada, 
combined with some lower spring wheat acres in the U.S., there's going to be less available this year. On the flip side, we're already hearing reports of some below average protein from the U.S. winter wheat crop. Um, and so millers here in North America are going to have to substitute that or, or kind of uh, do some, some blending in order to kind of get to some of the protein levels that they're needing. He notes expectations are for a record wheat crop globally with Australia and the Black Sea and EU looking good. And Manitoba cattle producers have been dealing with a moisture shortfall since last fall. The heat we're seeing now is not helping the situation. Tyler Fulton is president of Manitoba Beef Producers. What's remarkable is how widespread the lack of moisture uh, is. And so it's obviously impacting uh, pasture conditions hay and, and uh, annual crops, as well as uh, really uh, we're explicitly, you know, right now f- focused on, on the lack of surface or uh, groundwater for livestock watering. The governments of Canada and Manitoba announced this week that livestock producers who have been affected by dry conditions on pasture in Manitoba can apply for funding to support water source development under Ag Action Manitoba. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, the farm desk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on the province's corn and sunflower crops. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.